Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, going solo after this game. Jordan is on his way to Columbus, so he will join us on the podcast later in the week. But I had to get something out to you because it's going to be a victory Monday by the time you're listening to this. How we got there was a roller coaster, but Browns moved to three and one after a 14 to seven win over the Minnesota Vikings. And this was a strange game. There were some really high highs, there were some strange, uh, unexpected lows at times. And so it took me a little while to gather my thoughts. I'm actually recording this during the fourth quarter of the Sunday night football game. Apparently, I I don't care about the Brady-Belichick game as much as everybody else does because this game really isn't doing that much for me. So I decided to start early. And part of that was I finally reached a conclusion on how I felt about the game today. And I think the name of the game today is the Browns survived. They survived today. It was a tough opponent. It was on the road the offense survived what I thought was a poor performance from Baker Mayfield, which we'll get into later. The defense survived some injuries that I thought could affect them and then ultimately survived the offense, not giving them any help because they were, uh, you know, backs against the wall a lot today where it felt like the Browns needed them to come through and they did time and time again. So overall, a win is a win. The Browns are three and one, and this was an important game for them to survive. This is a game that that good teams win, right? You don't have your best stuff. I think we can all agree that the Browns did not have their their 100% A game today. But, but this is a game that good teams win. And I think the overall lesson through four games is that the Browns are who we thought they were as far as being a good team. Uh, and, 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 and let me hold up. I, I want to emphasize that. They are who we thought they were, and that's not something you take for granted. You really can't because look in the NFL, we see it year over year with teams. Growth is not linear. Just because you have success one year does not mean – you repeat and and build on on that success the next year. Teams adjust to what you did well the previous year. They take things away from you to make it harder. You get a harder schedule. That's why this growth process is not linear. And and Browns fans know that. I know they do because we've seen this roller coaster up and down. This team had expectations two years ago and and didn't meet meet them. And so I don't want to overlook that because this team is Good. They're really good. In fact, they're going to win double-digit games. Yeah. When when people have asked me from outside of town how I felt about the Browns, I really have felt confident in a way that I haven't in, in previous years, even when they had some expectations two years ago, even you know last year as well. I, there's a sense of confidence for sure. I actually watched the game in DC this weekend. Shout out to the backyard grill, uh, Browns backers bar that was there, but a lot, tons of out of towners as well. And that confidence, it, it's something that's new. So I really don't want to overlook that. 
And I, I think what's the most promising thing about this in this game in terms of living up to those expectations is the defense finally met those expectations. I was a little hesitant to give them full credit last week just because of the opponent, just because of what I thought was an abysmal game plan from Matt Nagy. They played great, but it was kind of like, okay, how how much of a change is this? But two weeks in a row now, and I got to give some credit where credit is due. Joe Woods has made adjustments. The team has been better on third down. You can see the scheme variation, you know, blitzes. Denzel Ward blitzed several times today. JOK's all over the place. You see that, you know, they're going with six-man fronts, and then all of a sudden the next play, everybody's back. It's confusing. He's clearly doing some things that got to Kirk Cousins today, and the Browns got tons of pressure on Kirk Cousins today. And I do think Joe Woods has to get – some of the credit for that. And the players also are just playing better. And that's the other piece of it that I was saying, you know, in those first two weeks is part of my concern is the players have to play better. And chief among those guys today was Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward through the first couple of weeks had been fine. I didn't think he had been terrible, but he had not played at the level we've seen him play at times in previous years. And Denzel Ward had a really, really tough assignment today with Justin Jefferson and he played well. He played really well. He was contesting balls. He was deflections bothering Jefferson. A lot of the throws that that were completed to Justin Jefferson, frankly, were just great throws. I'm thinking of one down the sideline in particular that Denzel Ward had good coverage. Kirk Cousins just dropped it in the basket and okay. You know, you're going to give those up, but, but he really came to play today. JOK, I, I can't say it enough. I'm going to keep saying it. He's the best linebacker on this team. His speed is game-changing. You see it all over the field. I know he's undersized, but, man, he doesn't play like it. And, and all that to say, yeah, somehow I haven't mentioned the defensive front yet. And that is the identity of, of this defense, and I think we've seen that now in weeks three and four. This defensive front is coming together and that is the identity of this football team is you are not going to be able to block this guys because it's not just Miles Garrett who was fantastic again today yes but it's not just him Clowney two weeks in a row of good games Malik McDowell is an absolute problem he might be the most under talked about story you know from a national perspective when looking at the Browns because people don't want to get into the nitty gritty you know of an undrafted free agent but he is performing at a fantastic level. He's outplaying Sheldon Richardson. Go look at what Sheldon Richardson has done for the Vikings so far this year. The Browns upgraded on Sheldon Richardson, which is not something anybody was saying when they moved on from him. It was, oh, you know, maybe you don't need to spend as much money there. You know, Richardson's getting older. You'll save some cap space, all that kind of stuff. The Browns have a better player this season in Malik McDowell, who's just wreaking havoc. And I, and I know, you know, um, he's technically in for Billings there, but still, you know, Malik Jackson also made some plays today. Tack McKinley has come in and made some plays as well on third down. So to me, that that's what we've uh, really established. I said, you know, uh, on the podcast leading up to the game that we were going to learn a lot more about this defense, and we did. 
They are growing as I had hoped. They are legit. The defensive line is going to be the identity of this squad going forward, but there's talent at all three levels. And when you have talent at all three levels, you can be a top 10 unit in, in the NFL. And I, and it's tough when you're in the week to week to, to zoom out, but we talked about it you know, all off season. It may take four or five, seven, eight games for this defense to become fully formed with all the new starters, but it's happening. It is happening. And we're watching that, ha- you know, right before our eyes in, in terms of taking place. Now, that's not to say, again, that that that's going to be linear. They've got some more dynamic uh, offenses ahead of them in in the Chargers and in the Cardinals that are going to present different challenges with a mobile quarterback, with, you know, Justin Herbert that's got a downfield passing game that I think is going to be more difficult to deal with. But the Vikings are really good on offense. They've got weapons all over the place. They've got a running back. They've got several difficult receivers to deal with tight ends though they have given good defenses challenges and the browns shut them down today so to me again that was what we expected to see at the beginning of the year and now we're finally starting to see it however that all being said to be a great team you have to be a complete team and i want you know the Browns being a good team is fantastic. They're hopefully going to be in the playoffs again. The uh, they should you know contend for the AFC North, but I want the Browns to win the Super Bowl. And in order to do that, they have to be a great team, which means they have to be a complete team. And that leads me to the performance of Baker Mayfield today. The Browns won straight up in spite of, of how Baker Mayfield played today. He was abysmal he was terrible frankly i was shocked that he had a game like this still in him i thought these games were behind him i was going back through his game log and i think this you have to say this is the worst game he's played since the the steelers last october the first steelers matchup where they lost 38 to 7 he threw that brutal pick six to minka fitzpatrick since then Baker Mayfield had been pretty much on a consistent uphill climb. I know there are some weird weather games in there where you look at the stats against the Raiders and stuff like that, but I'm throwing those out. Those don't count. This was the worst game he played since the first Steelers game, and it was just the accuracy. Five or six or seven just wide open throws that he missed. By NFL standards, these were wide open touchdown throws that he missed. It started with Kareem Hunt. Who was wide open for a touchdown? He missed Odell Beckham. Gosh, I mean, three times today for touchdowns. Yeah, uh, you know, there was one in the red zone early on. There were some deep shots with Odell. I don't know if that last one, if they were on the same page. I don't know whose fault that was, but he was gonna. If he had hit Odell where Odell was going, it was going to be a touchdown. If he had hit Odell earlier in the game, it would have been a touchdown. There was a throw to Harrison Bryant where Harrison Bryant was wide open and Baker just sailed it. I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, maybe he's injured, and and that's a reason for it. You know, injuries are sometimes reasons, not just excuses. But look, it's his other shoulder that's injured. I don't know why that would be affecting his accuracy to this level of degree. And it's concerning just because it is what we saw with Baker at times last year. Is accuracy was the issue. So that's the part where. 
Yeah, blaming it on an injury is a little bit dubious, in my opinion. And I saw a lot of comparison. A lot of people were defending Baker Mayfield by saying, hey, it's just one game, right? And I get that. It is just one game. But I saw a lot of comparisons to the Aaron Rodgers week one game. And to me, that's the wrong comparison. I think a better comparison is how Josh Allen played against the Steelers in week one, because look, Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. He's won tons of big playoff games. He's won double digit games year after year after year. So comparing Baker and him to me is not, they're not in the same stratosphere right now as quarterbacks. And and look, Baker's going to have plenty of chances to redeem himself from this game, but until he reaches the mountaintops, that and Aaron Rodgers has, there's always going to be a little bit of doubt that those inconsistencies that we saw today are going to creep up again in the biggest moments against the Chiefs of the world in the biggest games. And that's the same thing with Josh Allen. There's the, that little bit of doubt that, hey, is he going to you know, have issues on the biggest stage? And so far, Baker hasn't. I'm not saying he has. But the Browns, want to beat the Chiefs. They want to beat the Bills, the Ravens, the Steelers. And they got away with one today uh, against the Vikings, but they will not get away with one against those level of teams with Baker Mayfield playing like he did today. They just won't. Uh, You know, their roster carried them through today. Their defense carried them through today, like I mentioned earlier. But those other teams, they've got just as good a rosters. They've got... In some cases, when they don't have quite the roster, they've got one of the best couple quarterbacks in the league. So Baker's got to jump up to their level and then let the roster be the deciding factor in cases like that. So that's the challenge here is Baker just he he was way off today. There's no other way to put it. And I'm not going to freak out and, you know, say they need to play Case Keenum or that, you know, the Brown season's doomed. I'm not going to say that. He's got plenty of time to redeem himself. But, yeah, this put a little bit more doubt in the back of my mind today than I had there previously because I just thought that Baker was kind of done with performances like these. And he wasn't, at least not today. So as far as the rest of the offense, I think there were some, some good signs. OBJ in particular, I got to single him out because he was awesome today. And the stat line is just not going to reflect that at all. What do you have two catches for 27 yards? He should have had two 60 yard touchdowns. If Baker had hit him, he should have had another touchdown in the red zone where he absolutely dusted Brashad Breeland. So OBJ's the separation is there. The, the speed down the field as a threat is there. And so many people we're talking about how the Browns could have used OBJ against the Chiefs last year in the playoffs, and you're seeing why today. Rashad Breland, a cornerback that was on the Chiefs, could not, could not stay with, with Odell Beckham Jr. So that, for the long term of the Browns, is a good sign to have that guy back in the fold. We know Jarvis Landry is going to come back and solve some of the issues in the middle of the field. So that is all exciting. Kareem Hunt for the second week in a row totally changed the game as well. I have to single him out because yeah, his ability on those screens uh, to be a change of pace back from the Chubb, you know from Chubb, the Browns got away from running the ball a little bit early on, and then when they were getting back to it, it was Kareem Hunt, not Nick Chubb, that, that was the game changer in this that really shifted the momentum 
and it felt like uh, you know got things going back in the in the Browns' favor in that first half. I also i I saw some criticism of Kevin Stefanski, so I want to talk about that a little bit, just because I didn't really get it. I, and maybe I'm missing something here, but as far as the fourth downs, guys, the fourth downs were the right call. They were the right call. I, I saw so many Browns fans complaining about it after the Browns didn't get it on the first time. And it's pretty simple. This, this game was a perfect explanation of why you go for it on those fourth downs. Yes, they didn't get it the first time. It stinks when you get zero points, but they converted the second time and it resulted in a touchdown. And that's exactly why you go for it. Because if you kick two field goals there, you get six points. The Browns ended up getting seven and, and re- actually eight because of the two-point conversion. But they get seven there instead of six because even if you convert at 50%, it's worth it. But the only way the math works out is you got to go for it when you're supposed to go for it. So I, I saw Browns fans complaining. Now, where I will hear the you know some valid complaints, and I agree with those these fans who are saying this, is there has to be an adjustment in these obvious pass situations. Like a fourth and four, you're going to pass the ball. You're not going to run the ball. You have to help Jed Wills because he's clearly hurt and you just can't leave him in one-on-one pass protection. He got absolutely smoked in that rep and they have to do something there because they clearly don't feel comfortable with Blake Hans. Hopefully Chris Hubbard comes back soon, but he's not out there right now. So Jed Wills is playing hampered. We've been over this a million times, so I don't want to get into that, but there has to be an adjustment from Stefanski there. Hey, some, we got a tight end chip running back help something, you know, uh, to help, Wills out because he's being, you know, beat on those plays pretty consistently. And overall, you know, overall, I thought the play calling was good from Kevin Stefanski. Uh, yeah, yes, they got away from the run a little bit early, but then he adjusted. He went back to it. They, you know, they crammed the ball down the Vikings' throats as part of an 18-play drive, just like they do. So, you know, was it his best game? Would I give Stefanski an A, A plus? No, but I thought he was totally fine. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Oh, and something else I wanted to point out is the the first half management. The Browns get the ball, score. You know, the Vikings start to, to go for things. It doesn't work out. The Browns take a timeout. They end up getting a field goal out of it. That was huge. The fact that the Vikings had to go the length of the field to score a touchdown made me so much more confident the Browns were going to stop them. So, I thought on the holes, Stefanski had a fine game. I, I, I don't know. As I said, maybe I'm missing something. You know, tweet me at Henry underscore Ettinger if you think I am. But I just, I was kind of confused by by all all the Kevin Stefanski uh, criticism that I saw today. So I, I didn't really get that on, on the timeline. All right, that will do it for this episode. As I said, I was actually traveling back from D.C. today. Jordan traveling to Columbus. So he and I will jump back on to get hear his thoughts. We're going to have a Chargers game preview. So much more to come on this feed. But the ultimate takeaway here, and let me reemphasize this because that's what I started the podcast with, and I do want to end with it as well. I don't want to end on a sour note, is the Browns survived. They're three and one. The defense looks good. There's plenty to be excited about here. Browns fans going forward. Huge matchup against the Chargers next week on the road. Can't wait for it. So Browns fans, until next time, go Browns.